about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 139th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week during this brutal winter was Florida and Arizona taking center stage with spring training games underway and the PGA Tour moving east from Arizona to Florida. Uh, as anybody here in the Northeast knows, it is just a never-ending winter, freezing cold up here now in the single digits in Boston, with another snowstorm expected Sunday into Monday. So, basically we're housebound, everybody has cabin fever, but it's a little bit easier with, uh, the opportunity to watch spring training games and golf from places like Arizona and now Florida. That leads right into my bizarre story of the week, which was the unbelievable golf match in Arizona outside of Tucson last week, uh, where Frenchman Victor, and excuse my pronunciation, Dubisson, took Jason Day into overtime during the uh, World Mat- Golf Championship match play. And it was just remarkable to see. Uh, I was monitoring it throughout the day. And it looked like day, no pun intended, had it all wrapped up. As we got into the 15th, 16th holes, two-shot lead, a couple to go. And then uh, Victor hit a nice putt on 17 to draw within one. Then he hit an unbelievable shot out of the bunker on 18. Jason Day two-putted to force sudden death, extra holes. And then it really got interesting because uh, they were calling it, and I wouldn't disagree, uh, the announcers were calling it among the most amazing couple of shots and sudden death overtimes in the history of golf. 
from a guy whose name basically most people didn't know, Victor Dubasson from France. And he basically hit on two successive holes, hit it basically into the cactus. There's no other way to say it. Into, and what wasn't inside the cactus was just in horrific uh, lies, to put it mildly. Two just near impossible shots, both of which he pulled off. Uh, one literally through a cable TV, a wire through a cable, and put them both within uh, four to six feet, nailed both putts, continued forcing on extra holes. It was just absolutely riveting to watch. The second one was just, uh, the first one was special. The second one, to do it twice in a row, was jaw-dropping. Even Jason Day just laughed and shook his head saying, what can you do? And it really was, what could you do? It was uh, among the most riveting golf uh, endings I've ever seen. And, you know, given the names, what have you, the tournament itself, just wasn't expecting when I tuned in around 6, 6.30 on Sunday evening that I would be watching golf for the next hour and a half to two hours, absolutely on the edge of my seat, watching Victor just pull off these uh, literally impossible shots uh, to, con- to continue the match in the end. Uh, Jason Day, and all credit to him for just withstanding this surge, uh, did survive. He did win. Uh, I think it went about five, six extra holes, so it was the 23rd hole, if I'm not mistaken. And great, great theater. Uh, again, one of the more fascinating endings you would ever see. And, I mean, people like Gary Player, were like tweeting, uh, as were many pros, just not believing what they were witnessing. And I would agree 100%. I couldn't believe, as Vince Scully said, I couldn't, can't believe what I just saw. And so it was just great. It really got, uh, you know, got me excited about the PGA as it heads into the Florida, uh, Florida tournaments. I think the next four are in Florida. The Honda Classic up at Palm Beach Gardens in Florida, happening as we speak. Uh, when last I checked, Rory McIlroy was uh, still in the lead, having a good second round. And uh, so, yeah, from there it's on to Doral in Miami, then on to Valsper up in Tampa, and then to Bay Hill in Orlando with the Arnold Palmer. So March is the month to be in Florida. That's for sure, for golf. And speaking of Victor Dubasan, I found it interesting. I did not realize that the 2018 Ryder Cup will be played outside of Paris, which is the first time. Uh, so I did a little Google checking when they were talking about that last Sunday. And sure enough, it's going to be out near Versailles. First time in a while that it's on the continent. And it looks like France may have a player to uh, make some noise when the Ryder Cup arrives there in two and a half years. My low light of the week was the USA men's hockey team losing their last two games. Uh, t- lost a tough game to Canada. 
one to nothing. And that was last Friday, literally one week ago at this moment. We were talking about it as it was occurring. And uh, obviously, just cut their heart out. I mean, you know, because they had nothing uh, on Saturday afternoon against Finland. Boston Bruins goalie Tuka Rask played great, shut him out. But it's hard to believe that following that inspiring victory over Russia in the with the penalty shots, uh, TJ Oshi in Sochi, uh, that that would pretty much uh, be the highlight of the tournament. Um, the Uni- United States team, star-studded to say the least. Uh, did not score a goal in its last two games. What else need you know? The Canada hockey team, to its credit, played one of the great defenses in hockey history at any level, NHL, Stanley Cup, Olympics, you name it. They were just incredible. Montreal Canadiens goalie, Carey Price, was just uh, a brick wall. So Canada wins both the men's and the women's gold medal, which for them is, as a country is extremely important. Uh, and they showed up big when they had to, to say the least. And uh, the United States, again, they played a great game against Canada, but not good enough. And you can't score, you can't win. They did not score. But then their effort on Saturday was uh, embarrassing. The players themselves said it. They just had nothing on Saturday and, and truly got blown out. I think it was 5 nothing. So, it's uh, hard to believe the Olympics are over. It was great. I mean, it was simple. It was simply, you know, enjoyable to have as an option during, you know, channel surfing for for basically the better part of, for about two and a half weeks. It was just, you know, Wonderful to, at any point in time, any time of the day, to just say, oh, let's check out what's going on with the Olympics. So I wasn't glued, but I was certainly interested. And, uh, you know, a couple of the hockey games were appointment television, to say the least. Uh, and, you know, that the, the, the take-home, what I'll never forget, will be two things, really. The men's hockey team, I don't want to be too critical because they did give us that game against Russia uh, as, you know, one of the true highlights of the Olympics, Winter Olympics, to say the least. Uh, that was riveting television on a Saturday morning a couple Saturdays ago. And then the women's loss to Canada when they gave up the two-goal lead with, uh, like, three minutes to go. Uh, game went into sudden death, and Canada won it there, so... Pretty memorable hockey, both on the good side and the bad side. But nonetheless, uh, you know, it's as good as hockey gets. There's no fights. There's no nothing. It's just total skill, uh, plus playing for their country. And I just find it every four years to be, you know, as good as it gets on the sporting calendar. So, with that said, uh, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, Time to pay some bills. Let's take our break. And next up will be AP Stedham, a Bama magazine.
What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm just, just glad to be here and you know, getting close to that March Madness and things, so that, that'll be exciting here in a few weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Indeed, it will be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, March occurs tomorrow. Finally, it, yeah, I, I don't think anybody here in New England or really anywhere in the United States is going to be sad to see this February go, given the horrendous weather we've had, and uh, we're expecting yet another snowstorm Sunday into Monday. 
Yeah, that seems like the normal uh, forecast every, every week. Every week, if not twice a week. Um, yeah, well, again, I don't think anybody uh, uh, will be sad to see February behind us. And it's always good to have March come a week from Sunday, daylight savings time. And I don't know about you, but uh, I always find when we lose an hour back in October, one of the more depressing times of the year. And when we gain an hour next Sunday, uh, one of the better days of the year so uh just the fact that it's light out into the evening i think lifts everybody's spirits yeah i i agree john i i like to have that extra hour and with, with the sun shining it does improve everyone's spirit as you said absolutely uh well speaking of march madness uh you attended a pretty good basketball game last week that was uh turned out to be you know uh, a headliner, which was, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I got a chance to, to attend the SMU Connecticut game up in Stores, and Stores, Connecticut, uh, you know, their, their team, Connecticut, they they have a, a tremendous guard at their uh, Napier, so he can get it going from, from time to time and hit some clutch shots, and he becomes unstoppable because he has that stroke. But on that particular day SMU kind of shut the guards down I think they went something like eight for 28 the two backcourt people of Connecticut Boatwright and Napier and then SMU is one of the better defensive teams in the country I think they're in the top 20 matter of fact in the first half it was I think the first four or five minutes of the game and neither team had scored John believe it or not wow it's amazing yeah goose eggs on the scoreboard in the 27-25 half so but I was really, uh, really impressed with Larry Brown's team, the way they passed the basketball. And, I mean, I've never seen so many diagonal cross-court passes to wide-open jump shooters. Normally at that level, you can't make that pass. But the way they designed their offense and their spacing was perfect. And they would actually dribble drive to the corner and, and look for that cross-court uh, wide open three pointer and 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 brother he was ready to take it and he and the fella drained it quite a few times so I, I really enjoyed watching their offense and, and it's really a fun team to uh, watch and get a chance. Yeah, well, the amazing thing about that was, and it was you know among the lead stories that's you know last Sunday evening on many of the networks, both local and national, was just. You don't see many teams go into stores or Hartford, you know, Connecticut's two home courts, if you will, and, and just put a complete stranglehold on them. But that's exactly what SMU did. I mean, I, I think they pretty much held a, like a, a five to ten point lead throughout the game and basically kept the crowd out of it. Is that accurate? Yeah, they sure did, John. They, they really, uh, you know, performed well when they needed a, a clutch basket and the, and the lead, as you said, was in that you know, five to ten point never really got it close um, in that second half. So uh, the crowd, you know, they have a boisterous crowd up there, but they couldn't get into the game because SMU just kept executing offensively. Well, SMU, I mean, you know, I can say without hesitation, this is the first time you and I have ever talked SMU basketball. It may be the first time I've ever talked SMU basketball in my lifetime. <laughs> um, but, you know, they are... Suddenly, uh, all the rage, as, as you witnessed, and, uh, you know, HBO uh, Inside Sports just did 
a very, very nice story on, you know, who, who the star of that show is. And it's obviously Coach Larry Brown. And AP, the, you know, the statistics on his career are pretty amazing. I mean, he won a national championship at Kansas in 88, I believe, with Danny Manning. Then he won, of course, with the Pistons back in around 2004. And uh, so he has a championship at each level. Uh, I think they talked about him basically, you know, having 14 different coaching jobs. Uh, I think in the NBA, a couple of college coaching jobs. I mean, he's just been, you know, the all-time nomad, maybe in the history of all of sports for a coach, literally. Uh, but, you know, he, he gets it done wherever he goes. I mean, he's a fascinating guy. I mean, I, he was, you know, a guard under Dean Smith, uh, you know, like an All-American, first-team All-American guard, like a great player. Um, but, yeah, what, what were your observances of Larry Brown? John, I was curious to watch him coach in person for the first time. Uh, that's why I wanted to attend that game, cover that game. And one thing I noticed, he's not very uh, active on the sideline throughout the entire game, uh, primarily. He just calls out the play, and his team moves into position. They uh, run their offense, and, and the plays are made. And uh, occasionally he'll he'll talk to that official, make sure he, you know they're getting the best of the situation, or at the end of the game when it was getting a little bit closer, he just wanted to put the cap on the victory. He, he made sure his team was running certain plays. But, uh, I mean, he seems he's always been noted as a great teacher of the game, and that's his, his primary strength, I believe. And it showed that he, that afternoon uh, when I watched him, you know, beat UConn up at stores. I, I just really enjoyed watching him. A lot of times that you see a lot of theatrics on the sideline and people trying to coach their team 10 minutes before the game or, or during the game. It's too late at that point, in my mind. The coaching's done during the week, and then it's up to the players to execute the plan. And his team did it that, that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, again, you know. Any way you cut it, AP, it's impressive. I mean, for a team to come out of, you know, Dallas and travel up to Connecticut and just, again, completely strangle the UConn team at home. It's just just not something many of us have seen. Too many teams do over the past couple of decades. And uh, speaking of Dallas, uh, you know, SMU, I mean, you, you know, they were talking about this on HBO was uh, – Obviously, the Final Four will be there uh, in the coming month in Dallas. SMU is based in Dallas. And, you know, both Larry Brown and his players were, you know, not shy about saying they'd love to end up there, which is a bold statement. But their record, something like, I don't know, something that sounds like 24 and 6 or thereabouts. Yeah, I think it's 22 and 6, Sean, something of that nature. But. Yeah, after the game, I got a chance to talk to uh, Marcus Kennedy, and he he was saying, you know, the strength of that team is their defense, and if you you can contend on the defensive end, you've got a chance in that tournament because, as you know, you're not going to have six straight games where you're going to be hitting all those three-pointers and and having a great night offensively percentage-wise. So they they have a chance, and they have a, a strong incentive to get back to Dallas. Oh, my gosh, can you imagine? And and one of the things that was – it was really well done. I mean, it was, you know, Brian Gumbel interviewing him, you know, face-to-face on the SMU campus. And, 
you, you know, no one can see the SMU campus in the background without thinking, of course, of, you know, the Pony Express, the death penalty, uh, all those things. And, uh, but yet, you know, they talked about, they were showing lines to get in these basketball games. It was right out of Shashevskyville, and, uh, you know, it's just all the rage. George Bush, uh, W, who lives in Dallas since he was president, was at a game. It's become the new, you know, I think they showed... Tony Romo and Jason Garrett were there from the Cowboys, uh, Mark Cuban. So it's like it's the place to suddenly be see and be seen in Dallas, which is, again, if somebody would have said that to you maybe even a year ago, but certainly two years ago, it would have been utterly laughable. Oh, yeah, that's the hottest ticket in town, John. I mean, that's only a second year there. You know, they had just an under 500 record last year. And now you, you can't get a ticket. And, and uh, you know, they play an enjoyable game, and they're very intelligent the way they approach the approach the game. So uh, yeah, I can see where fans are really excited to be in attendance. I think they opened up that new arena, Moody Coliseum, the, 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 with beating Connecticut, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. I know they beat them twice this year, so uh, that would make sense to me. And, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, and then just see his career. I mean, you talk about the all-time definition of a gym rat was when he was out of the game prior to getting this SMU job. He was not coaching for a time, and I guess he lives in Philly, no surprise, right over near Villanova, an area that I was at when I covered the U.S. Open at Marion this past June. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, he, he basically hung around in his spare time, quote, in retirement, if you will, Uh at Villanova practices, helping out Jay Wright, and then Jay Wright proved instrumental in you know putting in a good word when the, uh, he went for the SMU job when Larry Brown went for that, and uh, you know as did some others from his past. And you know he's in his seventies. Uh, turns out that I guess he has one, if not two, kids now attending SMU. I think he has a son who's a freshman, so. Obviously, if you're SMU, n- number one fact is, you know, how long are you going to stay? <laughs> and uh, the, the fact that he has a son there looks like as good of insurance as you can have. And they, re- they wrote in some all kinds of language on that whole keeping him there front or if he leaves, what happens and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I was reading somewhere, John, maybe they said it in the story that I think the president overruled the former athletic director and went and hired Larry Brown. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. I, I think I read that. at the, uh, the I, read, I met the athletic director the other day, Rick Hart, who's from um, an athletic director's in basketball family. His, his dad is Dave Hart, the athletic director of Tennessee, and his dad played basketball at Alabama. Then his grandfather was athletic director, I think, at Pittsburgh and Louisville and a couple other places. So, you know, they know basketball. So, But I, but I think I did hear that, that the president uh over overrode the former athletic director to hire Larry brown wow fascinating well you know if he did that all credit to him because for that program and given you know the school just everything about it i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't think smu's ever been good at basketball so to speak so uh to bring in, you know, literally, you know, say what you want about Larry Brown, but he is a household name, period. And so, you know, to put a face on a program like that and now to have it turn out the way it did is, you know, pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, John. He, he's, um, 
if if I'm going to bring in anybody who's been to many places, he'd be the person. I, I wish he was uh, ten years younger. I'd, I'd like to see him coach more. You know, a lot longer than uh, he's seventy three years old now. So I don't know how much longer he's going to coach, but he's he's very, you know, seems to be in good condition and and uh, excited about the game, enthusiastic. So. I don't know how long he's going to coach, but I know SMU is mighty fortunate to have him as a coach. And I think the last time they were in the tournament was maybe like in the early '90s one time. And I remember they had a good team with John Contact, John Conkac there in the mid '80s. Yes, John, I remember that name, John Conchak. Uh Yeah, yeah, uh, and I don't mean to be, you know, speaking ill of SMU basketball, but. Uh... You know, not what they're known for, but Larry Brown, yeah, they showed him how he goes uh, goes for literally a 90-minute super brisk walk would be the best way to say it. He can't, due to, you know, artificial hips or whatever, you know, he can't run anymore. But he is in fit, fit shape, and he shows no signs of slowing down or retiring. I mean, it just doesn't even seem like... A subject that's on the table. So, uh, so hats off to Larry Brown. Hats off to SMU. I mean, <clears throat> based on what I saw, you know, I'm now watching them and rooting for them to make the Final Four because I can only imagine what it would be like in Dallas to have a hometown team come out of nowhere, literally nowhere, uh, and be part of the Final Four at at, at the hundred thousand seat. Uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, wouldn't that be, uh, that would just be amazing to watch. Oh, that, that, that would be the greatest story, and I think sometime, actually, I mean, yes. to have SMU uh, as, as one of the host schools in the tournament, in, in that final, that would be fabulous. I mean, that, that's the ultimate Cinderella story, a second-year coach bringing the program to the Final Four in the, in the Dallas area, that would be uh, tremendous. Yeah, well, something to watch. You know, you and I love these types of stories, and uh, it's got my attention now, so I I would love to see it become a reality. And speaking of realities, it's time for our break, so uh, we have lots more to cover on the other side, AP. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app. 
you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we covered a little college basketball with SMU, UConn, and the like uh, last segment. So uh, why don't we get, jump into a little football? It's sort of college slash NFL, but... No surprise, it's Johnny Manziel in the news again this week. Really, uh, a couple of things. Uh, not all of his doing, I should, I should I should make that clear right off the top, given his track. <laughs> um, Ron Jaworski, Jaws, the uh, grand poobah of film watching, uh, basically said this week, created a bit of a firestorm by saying he would not uh, draft Johnny Manziel before the third round, uh, citing that he doesn't think he makes all the NFL throws. So, again, that created quite a firestorm, quite the topic, uh, and then followed up by watching Johnny Manziel do one of those chalkboard talks or trailer talks, whatever, with John Gruden. That was fairly fascinating, too, and, uh, you know, Gruden loves the guy. You could tell if Gruden was in the NFL, he'd be drafting him, I think. But, yeah, uh, he's always been uh, very knowledgeable and his strong opinions. Of, and he, of course, he watches the film, so he has a, you know, the depth of knowledge and a, and a, a basis for his for his opinion. So, you know, it's, I respect his opinions, but that's just one person's opinion. And I think there's many more people that side with John Gruden and think they'd, they'd probably take Johnny Manziel. I mean, I don't think he'd ever make it to the third one. I'd say there's no way when you're there. Like we always have, have this discussion, there's 96 quarterbacks required for the NFL, three for each team, 32 teams. So um, he's much better than a lot of these guys on the bench, I can tell you. So it, there's no way he'd make it to the third round, I believe. So, I mean, you know, I, I, although Jaworski's opinion is, is nice to hear, I think it's um, – it's irrelevant. I agree. I was surprised, you know, and I like Jaworski as well as anybody. I mean, if you want to get into some hardcore, you know, NFL talk, Jaworski is the guy that can, you know, deliver it, and he does. He does watch the film. He, you know, it's one thing that cannot be questioned in any way. But yeah, I was surprised at all the, uh, you know, 
discussion that it generated. Uh, yeah, he, you said it perfectly, AP. He is not lasting to the third round. There is no way. I mean, and, yeah. and I would say, John, that if you if you had any doubts about Johnny Mansell, I would I would call Jaworski and ask him because he'd be the person to to sway you from that decision. And wh- why not call it Ron Jaworski and get his opinion about Johnny Mansell? He like he's the grand poobah of, of quarterbacks on TV. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've had the good fortune to meet him once or twice and really just about the nicest guy you would ever want to meet. I literally met him during NFL player engagements broadcast boot camp. I've attended a couple of them and sat in his office and listened to him talk film, which is uh, quite an education to say the least. But my point in saying that is very simply, he is a nice guy and he is not one given to critical comments seemingly coming out of nowhere for no reason. I mean, there were, there was no context to him just, you know, saying this, um, kind of, you know, unexpectedly. So, uh, and I think that's why it got a lot of attention because he, he is not a negative person and yet no. his comments come out pretty negative. Yeah, no, he's always a voice of reason. So that's why it was unusual for that contrarian viewpoint. Yes, contrarian is the word, and this, of course, comes on the heels of, you know, Manziel at the Combine, where he had, uh, you know, a good 40 speed, 4, 5, 6, or whatever. Who I can't keep it all straight, but, you know, uh, or maybe that was clowny, but whatever. It was a good 40 time, and he has big hands. I think we can all say that we took home those two messages from Johnny Manziel at the Combine, right? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and I think, uh, John, the, this past Super Bowl, you have Russell Wilson at 5'11 or so wins the Super Bowl convincingly than all these general managers who had thoughts of selecting John Manziel. They can present this to the owner. Look, we we can win with that, that size quarterback. It's been done. Matter of fact, he dominated in the Super Bowl. I mean, they, you know, defeated Denver, so... Yeah, speaking of you, speaking I mean, of third know, round draft picks, that. right? You, yeah, you're not going to see that uh, Roman Gabriel six foot three four quarterback all the time, you know. And John John Manziel has huge hands, as we I think we talked about that. So, I mean, it's always fun. It's always fun to see what happens when you draft these guys and how they develop and and who's who's hungry and who wants to be, be better. And so it'd be interesting. Yeah, well, he's, uh, you know, obviously Russell Wilson was taken in the third round. Speaking of not taking him before the third round, as the first he said, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you wouldn't mind getting him in the third round. And uh, yeah. yeah, we also learned, of course, that Johnny Manziel is a shade under six feet. Uh, those, that was the third take home from the combine. But uh, yeah, again, you know, fascinating player. I mean, and I heard this said, I believe, on ESPN. I, I just so totally agree. Like, if I'm Cleveland, number one, if I'm used to them taking them, I mean, I watched Bill O'Brien up close and personal, as did you, you know, be the quarterback's coach for the Patriots and Tom Brady. So I think he knows a little bit about quarterbacks and, uh, you know, being a Penn State uh, fan growing up near there. What he did with Matt McGloin from his junior to his senior year, is nothing short of amazing. Uh, I mean, Matt McGloin was a walk-on from Scranton, 
who just wasn't very good and was splitting time with the freshman Rob Bolden under Paterno. And, you know, Bill O'Brien turned him into a terrific quarterback for his senior year at Penn State where they overachieved, to put it mildly, and then obviously he ended up in the NFL, had a nice little run of a couple games there where he like lit it up and uh, is clearly very secure, at least in a backup role, or fighting it out with Terrell Pryor as the Oakland Raiders quarterback. So just seeing Bill O'Brien do that with him was so amazing to me, and uh, so I can only imagine what he could do with, you know, a Cadillac like Manziel. Yeah, he's got to feel good about that selection if that's his choice. And, you know, the quarterback guru, he's he's proved his point with, you know, other quarterbacks, as you said. So if I was Houston, I'd, I don't know how I could turn down Johnny Manziel at this point. I know, but this is the franchise that, you know, they may have a different coach and whatnot, but they still have the same owner. Uh who's, by the way, speaking of nice guys, maybe one of the nicest guys in the NFL ownership realm, uh, Bob McNair. But, you know, this is the team that turned down hometown boy, you know, Vince Young. Looking back, you'd have to say it was a good move, but let's not forget. Yeah, well, Vince Young was available to Houston coming off one of the greatest college careers, not to mention greatest college games in the history of football. So... But yet they didn't take him. No, that turned out to be the smart move uh, in hindsight. So, you know, I I always thought that Vince Young, you know, that was the greatest performance I ever saw in a crucial game, 300 yards throwing and 200 yards rushing. I don't know if we'll ever see that duplicated. But I was, I was always thinking about lollipops watching Vince Young. That was how his, his, his throws were more like lollipop throws. And on the ah. professional level, I mean, you have to zing it in there. The the, the quickness and the speed where that hole will close is is unbelievable. It's nothing like it in the pros. Yeah, good word. Good word. You're absolutely right because he was, uh, I used to, the way I described it, he kind of throws darts, if you will, like just sort of little, not not NFL passes, you know. Right. Zinging right. little darts in there, which is fine in the college game, especially when you have his legs. But uh, yeah, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. And you know, it's funny. I mean, I look back to that, and if I'm not mistaken, the Texans ended up taking Mario Williams, who was at NC State, uh, the defensive end, now with the Buffalo Bills. And I always remember that for the simple reason: the final game of the year for NC State that year was. At Boston College, I literally sat in the second row behind the NC State bench, looking right at him, thinking like, "Wow, you know, this guy could be the number one pick." Like, I'm <laughs> lucky enough to be sitting here, literally, literally feet away. I mean, BC <laughs> Stadium, you get real close. Um, so yeah, I've always remembered back to that, and obviously we have a similar, you know, kind of setup because. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is is he going to be the you know the Texans out like we cannot pass on Jadavian Clowney once in a generation player yeah. you expressed at the end of last week's show you know you would have reservations yeah yeah I have strong reservations John I if I was looking if I was interviewing him and I sat him down one of the questions I would would pose would be now 
uh, are you going to just give us your best effort uh, every third play, every third right. game, or against only the winning teams? You know, those are the type of questions that I'd want to eyeball him and see his body language if he resented those questions because obviously, uh, you know, three sacks um, in his senior year, uh, I believe that's that, that's that's uh, underachievement if I've ever saw it. I, I mean, just to give you an example, uh, Derek Thomas, when he was at Alabama, had 27 in, in his senior year. So that production, I mean, it was a different era, different game, and, you know, that's nine times the production. And it was funny this week we had a little little discussion on Twitter. Uh, I put that those facts up there, and I had some people come back to me and say, well, he was being blocked by two and three people, and I was thinking, well, don't you think Derek Thomas was facing the same uh, game planning from other coaches? And so it, it, I, I really don't buy that, that, that the reason he only had three sacks is because all the teams were game planning against him and he was getting all their attention. Right. He had 27 sacks a senior year? Derek Thomas. He had 52 in his career. And matter of fact, Teddy Bruschi uh, tied that record. And Teddy Bruschi's in the College Football Hall of Fame and Derek Thomas is not, which is kind of a strange thing when you're the person who ties the record is in the Hall of College Football Hall of Fame before the person who uh, set the record. That's bizarre. I can't believe Derek Thomas, I did not know that, is not in the Hall of Fame. And he's, not, he's not in the College, college football. football Hall of Fame. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. And I, I expect very soon he's going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame, Derek Thomas. I would hope so. I know that NFL Network did a nice uh, football life on Derek Thomas that was wonderfully done. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, he's, uh, he, was quite a, he was quite a performer. I don't know if Alabama or ever see anybody like him again with, 27. I mean, John, you just don't hear those type of numbers anymore. 27 sacks in a season. No, I'm stunned. Like, wow, I'm I'm startled by that number. Yeah, I mean, 52 in a career. I mean, you don't hear that. I mean, I mean, some of guys, you know, Marcel Darius played Alabama. I think he had six or seven his senior year or junior year when he came out or something like that. So those numbers are unbelievable. Right, and these guys are considered, you know, just Alabama linebackers just to start with, or you know. Considered the best of the best, and yet yeah. they don't have numbers anywhere, even on the same stratosphere. Yeah, no, no. So to, you know, that's why Clowney, those numbers that really scares me, because what what are you going to do? What's he going to do when you give him all the money? Is he going to be like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, those types of players who they can't wait to get on the court to get better every day, or you right. lay back and say, "Well, I have some money. You know, I'll, I'll play in the big games. You know, we get there. I'll, I'll be ready." I mean, you, you, it's like turmoil in the, in the locker room when your best player has that type of attitude. Yeah, no, legitimate concerns, and where you and obviously legitimate concerns with Manziel. So you, you know, Houston Texans have a lot to think about. Maybe they'll uh, not draft either of them, and uh, but we shall see. But why don't we take our final break? And uh, I'm going to talk a little Jim Beheim on the other side with you. <laughs> What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the weekend before we get started is the Honda Classic. Uh, as we sit through another snowstorm here on Sunday, Monday, uh, I expect I'll be sitting inside on Sunday, late afternoon, early evening, watching some golf from Florida. But A.P., I said at the end of the previous segment I'd like to talk a little Jim Beheim. Second winningest coach of all time. He has had quite an interesting week by any standard, but especially for him. Uh, first of all, he was tossed from the end of the Duke game when he just literally pulled a nutty, uh, ripped off his sport coat and whatnot uh, on what was arguably a horrible call, but shouldn't have decided the game. But the way he did it, taking off the sport coat and just going ballistic was bizarre and I think where I I read where it may have been like his first ever ejection so highly unusual in Cameron indoor and then he got into a verbal sparring match after the game with the Maryland coach when they beat Maryland uh, a couple days later which was like Tuesday of this week Uh, so what's going on with Jim Beheim? John I I think that uh, that call at that moment he felt that was the game. There was no. Ch- he felt there was no chance they could come back from that deficit. So maybe he was trying to set himself up with the officials later on down the line in that league because Duke is, of course, the reigning power and 
you know, I guess maybe he thinks human nature, the officials might have leaned a little bit in their direction, but uh, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, that's all I can think about is he's trying to get an advantage in advance for the, for the upcoming games in the tournament, and he's the new kid on the block in the league, and he's trying to flex his muscle, and he has a lot to flex with all those wins on his side. So, And then I guess the other night, uh, they played Maryland, I think. Uh, they shot 20-something free throws, and Syracuse shot six. So, But uh, maybe he, he got shortchanged that evening with, from the officials. So I'm not right, really sure, guess, but he, he was sure entertaining for the last week. Yes, and that was Maryland's number of free throws was part of the back and forth, if you will, uh, the verbal sparring with Mark Turgeon, the Maryland coach, and uh, all of it just highly unusual. I covered Jim Beheim's press conferences during the NCAA Eastern Regional up here a couple of years ago. It was my first opportunity to sit in the same room with him, and he was interesting. I got a sense of his, how would I say it, maybe sarcastic personality or a sense of humor, whatever, uh, but, you know, I think what seems to be, if I had to guess, what's at the bottom of all this, I agree that the Duke call was just uh, an emotional you know, reaction to a crazy call with 10 seconds to go down to could a call that could have gone either way. But um, I think it's just, you know, they're the new team in the ACC and they happen to have, you know, run, run off 25 straight victories before the last, stumbling the last 10 days. But uh, I think he's just serving notice to the league. Uh, like he's going to do it his way a little bit as opposed to the ACC way because he's coming out of the Big East, arguably one of the great conferences in sports history. Yeah, and I, and I think in that Maryland game, that the point he was trying to make that he expressed was the fact that, you know, it was 27-4, to 4, I think, before they were fouled him intentionally, so... You're trying to blame the loss on the official. Well, you got so many calls. How many more calls do you want? Correct. Exactly. And then I know he, I think he referenced the number of turnovers as well, in addition to the number of fouls that Maryland shot. So, I mean, again, he's just delving into areas that coaches usually don't delve into, uh, particularly the other team. Uh, and Jim Beheim in particular, that's not his history. So, Again, it is quite a week, and I just wanted to you know, wrap up the show touching on that. I, I thought of all the things I saw this week that that was among the more surprising, interesting, and you know, fascinating events that occurred, and it was, again, more than one. Uh, I'd say Jim, Jim Beheim's getting ready for March Madness, that's for sure. Yeah, I think so, John. He's a crafty old veteran coach, and he's smart. He, he doesn't speak without having some type of set agenda so uh, you know I guess that's from all his experience he's learned it this the way it needs to be done if he feels he's being uh, slighted exactly right well AP thanks as always for your perspective and input great stuff as always and uh, we'll look forward to uh, having you on again next week thank you John look forward to it all right thank you and uh As always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? 